Welcome to the crew review. So, just to be clear, I have clicked record, and we are recording. We're here. Welcome to the podcast. This is uh, week eight. I think it's episode 10 of this season. Um, Crazy that we're already to double digits. Um, It has been a great season. Riley and I win again, 2-0. It's, um, yeah, yeah, things are just continuing as they should. I mean, here's the thing. It's been, a, it's been a little bit of the same on the podcast, but there's been so much change. We are in a league that is constantly going left and right. There's zigs, there's zags, and no other week could explain that better than this week. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that is fact. And um, I think importantly here, one thing we have to look at is just uh, how – much change there is week to week. Like I've been doing my weekly power rankings. Last week seemed like Riley had fallen off a little bit. You know, maybe we weren't as good as we thought we were. And teams right. like Julian, Jack, Roush, they were on top of the world. This week doesn't look like that anymore. Mm. All three of those teams caught big, fat, massive L's. Stinking. Riley, big old Wumbo W's. All right. Big old. Yo, I just want to say this real quick. Highest scoring week in the league for me. Everybody else, y'all need to fucking get your game in line. All right? I shouldn't be yeah. scoring the most in this league. That is just a thing that is always true. All right? I don't Except know. Maybe, maybe you should be with Austin Eckler. He's kind of just a massive cheat code oh in my gosh. Uh, PPR. It, it doesn't seem fair, but it exists. He's balling now. out right now. But here's the thing. It, it Austin Eckler means so much less in comparison to the teams that I am going to be facing in the coming weeks. Yeah. I, w- I will say this. I feel we need some disclaimers for this episode. Disclaimer number one. I am still potentially mildly inebriated. I am mm. still – or disclaimer number two. I am still in Wisconsin. So this podcast is fully remote. So if the audio quality – not if. The audio quality – is to a lower standard than it typically is. Um, yeah. Additionally, because I am in Wisconsin, I am inebriated. It is a yep. prerequisite to stay in Wisconsin for more than three days that you must reach a certain level of inebriation. Otherwise, yeah, Jack had, Jack had to get AA for about five, six weeks after he came back from Wisconsin. Yes, it is. Sorry, bad. To, out you. sorry to out you like that, Jack. I'm sorry. The, the beverages here are very strong and very cheap. And it lures you into a uh, false sense of security because I struggled to get up into the elevator and up to the fifth floor where my room is. I want to say a couple of things real quick off of your caveats. Number one, if we lived in the, in the world of 2017 with our time and effort, we could have edited in some still DRE behind you because you're like still Wisconsin, still blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that's number one. Number two, um, it's not like we're going to be getting chirps about the audio quality, but here's the thing. We had to go all remote because if we miss a week, we fall off the rails. That's just how it goes on this podcast. Yeah. And we can't miss a week because we need the we need a Josh versus Riley Super Bowl. So we got to keep going. Yeah. If, if I'm honest, last week was the week I most wanted to um, not do the podcast. And I knew if we didn't do last week, 100% chance we don't do this week. And yeah. I was like, we, like, as soon as we start to fall off the wagon a little bit, that is the end of it. But this has been a crazy week in the league. One of yep. the craziest, some might say. Um, we, and can, that's can, we, can we maybe 
maybe just go over the last, like, I guess we, we you already talked about the games. Do we want to talk about these last games at all before we get into the new stuff? I mean, I, we talked about it a little bit. I mean, I, no, I, 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 gave, I gave it one sentence. But I will say that this is sort of the point in the, like, like we had crowned Julian as like, oh, my gosh, this team is so good. But it's like two weeks in a row where he scores less than 100. Yeah. Um, my team had a bad week. It didn't have a great week this week, but I won. So, like, it's like I keep winning when I shouldn't. Uh, your team is really good. I have been saying that for a while. Um, Roush's team is going to be sort of mid, back and forth. He lost Brees Hall. That's a great player. It's going to hurt him a lot. Yeah, um, and we, we mentioned him on the last pod because he was he's been yeah. doing that thing, you know. Like, Mason's team bounced back a little bit, and it's one of those things where I have been saying for a long while, Mason might be the cream of the crop here. All right, he might be. He's my pick to win the championship. And what better to reinforce that than the trades that we have seen this week? So, mm. as everyone knows, we agreed at the draft to change um, our stance on draft pick trading. During so the season. That, yeah, it, draft pick trading in season. We said yeah. that draft picks could be traded and included in in-season trades. Well... The natural conclusion of that is that teams that either are or feel that they are eliminated from comp, uh, uh, from competition and playoffs or even just championship contention that year will decide to sell their players or picks in the following year. Um, so as we sort of touched on, I don't, I don't know if we touched on it in the broader league or if it was just in our Supreme Court discussions, Based on how the rules are written now, every trade that we saw this week was by the books and fair. Should oh, yeah. it be? I don't know. We may need to discuss the rules a little bit. I don't think we do. We need to. But if other people feel uncomfortable with this new sort of meta, trying to figure out as soon as possible whether or not your team is competitive, I understand that. Well, we're at this point now. And we have someone on the show this week who sort of was complicit in kicking off this new standard of gameplay within the league. I'd say holistically complicit, and I mean that in a good way. And it is in a way that previously there may have been some stones thrown at him for mm. him being complicit in um, a bit of nefarious wow. trade activity. But, wow, you know, no good team has ever been free from controversy, I would say, in this league. Um, That's fair. Mason Munoz is here. <clears throat> Mason, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. It's been a long, long wait, and I'm finally here, and I could not be more excited. Hands are sweating. Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Great. Awesome to hear that. So, I will say, that um, Mason, wh when I saw that you were able to pull off that trade in the way that you did, I was sort of like, "Huh, this is ushering in a new, um, you know, a new world order into the league." What? Yeah. What do you have to say as far as like, like how how you saw the opportunity? I mean, everyone saw Kyle sort of proclaim that if he lost one of these next two games, I think he may have done it on the podcast or in the league. That he, you know, he was going to be open for business if he lost one of those next two games. What, 
what was going through your head and, and what made you decide to go all in on this season? Because it's not like you have a playoff spot 100% locked up. What no, not at all. Thought process. So um, I, I heard from Kyle um, the morning of whatever the day the trades went down. And yeah, Black I don't Tuesday. Pro- yeah. <laughs> I don't know what prompted it. Um, I was at the gym, and, you know, they always got ESPN on. And um, I reached out to him, and I just said, so what's good with some players? And honestly, if you've ever traded with me, I know there's some, some bias in how you look at yourself trading. I don't feel like I'm a bad trader, right? I'm not going to say, well, give me Dalvin Cook for, you know, a bench player. You know, I, I feel right. like I, I, I handle trades well. Um, a downside is I do I, – I don't know how to separate the fantasy aspect from the friend aspect, and I kind of just go into trades hoping I'm not getting taken advantage of. And mm. Kyle has known to be, you know, kind of a predator – taking advantage of people. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I reached out to him and I just said, you know, Hey, what's up? And at a certain point, it just hit me like, look, you got to just, you got to go all in and yeah. digs for the first made sense. Kamara for the second, it really didn't make sense, but I was just, you know, thinking, thinking about keeper value and what I was giving away, it, kinda, say, it, added, it added up. Yeah, I mean, it added up. Well, I the think thing it, is, Josh Jacobs is a third this upcoming year, correct? Yeah. Yeah, but so, he, he might not be on the Raiders. You know, there's there's a lot of moving parts here. And I, yeah. when I looked at it in the context of you having just traded away DeAndre Swift for Josh Jacobs and, like, the, the broader sort of situation of your team, I was like, you know what? It, like, we can argue about whether or not you got the best value, but it's like if Kyle wasn't really willing to trade those two players for anything other than those two picks, it doesn't really matter, does it? Like Kyle could have just kept Alvin Kamara for and and held them hostage until someone traded him a second round pick. It doesn't matter yeah. that it was you, really. Yeah. Um so it's like if, if Kyle has a price and he's firm in setting that price and you decide to pay it. I don't know, like, like, what's the point in really trying to judge that now versus wait until everything sort of settles out at the end of the year? Because it's like, I've talked to people and it's been like, well, if he wins, it makes it all worth it, right? Yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah. You can, uh, he, you can be right. He makes money. Or you can be better. Um, yeah. yeah. And that went into and, it a little bit, too. Um, yeah. I mean, that was one of, that was the biggest pill to swallow is, it, you know, first off, and I told Kyle this when we were talking. I said, yo, can I wait till tonight? Because if I lose this game, I, I don't know if I want to do this trade, right? Three right. and four is a lot different than four and three. Yeah. And like I said, I'm just so – I really don't like – I don't care to argue with people or, you know, just even barter. And he had said something like, well, you know, what's <laughs> what's it matter if you have Diggs and Kamara? You, what, when's the next time you're going to lose? I said, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah. Right? You got me. You got me. So – um, that was the biggest pill to swallow, though, was I, I looked at it and I said, if I do this, it's it's the standard is the standard. It's already championship or bust, but now the the um, the weight is heavier. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I guess the, the thing for me when I look at these trades and I, I sort of see how the league is is trending is. 
there's one thing that concerns me more than anything, and it's just like, okay, let's say you don't win the league this year. And then you're staring down the barrel of, okay, I'm facing a draft where I don't have a first and second round pick. Yeah. What worries me there, and, and I'm not saying this would be you, but other people in the past, namely someone we have removed from the league because of his mm. unwillingness to cooperate, <laughs> he mm. may say, ah, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Right. I don't want to draft because you guys have imposed these restrictions on me. Yeah. Can you can you commit in front of everybody that you will not leave the league? Because I have people people are mumbling. <laughs> you know, people are mumbling, saying, you know, maybe and and I think this is a lot of projection, them them thinking that maybe I would do this if I was in their situation. Mm. Um that you will not leave the league next year and that you are committed to this league long-term despite your short-term actions um, this season? Um, I, I can 100% say with confidence I'm committed to the league. Um, I will say it helps a lot to look at it and think, well, I can either keep maybe Rashad White you know, or Brian Robinson and you know Josh Jacobs or – Kamara, mm-hmm. that helped knowing a lot, you know, okay, I may not yep. have a first and second, but I got my two running backs. So I just got to load yep. up heavy on wide receiver and just play with the cards or, you know, play with the cards I'm dealt. Now, yep. if I didn't have that scenario, it would be a lot. I don't think I would ever leave. I don't think anybody in the league should leave. I know I, th- I was thinking about it this week. Just the the traditions and the everything we have going, the how the – the length we've been in the league, it just wouldn't make sense to leave at this point, right? So beyond mm-hmm. tra- draft factors, I think I just won't leave the league just because of sheer friendship and, you know, camaraderie we all have. But, yes, it would make it a lot more difficult to enjoy the draft if I didn't have some options to help me out with missing the first couple rounds. Yeah. I, I guess to speak to that a little bit also – you know, I made a trade also, you know, after your trade, sort of taking landscape of the, looking at the landscape of the league and seeing that I needed to make a move in order to be competitive. Um, I was a little worried about, worried about my team to begin with, even before all these trades went down, because it's like I had the best record, but I don't feel like I had the best team. Um, so I was like, you know, I, I, I should probably do something. And then, you know, when the levy broke and all of a sudden, uh, you you see other teams trading draft picks. I was like, you know what? Justin Jefferson, who's going to be my keeper for a very long time, is worth mm. a first-round pick. Yeah. And I can keep him in, you know, I think it's the sixth this year. So it's like, what if I just pretend like that's my first-round pick and I don't have a sixth-round pick? Like, just yeah. change, change yeah. the way I think about it and then go all in this year. Because it's like... The, you know, you see it in the NFL, and I don't necessarily always want to make a comparison to the NFL and say we're managing our teams like NFL teams do because it's not the same. It is to an extent, but it's it's not entirely the same. But I do think that the seasons that you have a fantasy team that that can compete for a championship, like it's there's an element of randomness. To it. And so being able to say this is the year I feel I can compete I have enough pieces that I have collected myself and I can add a few from another team that is willing to make the trade for some picks. 
I think you have to do that when the opportunity pre- presents itself because it's not every year. Like, like we, I know it firsthand that it's like the best team doesn't win every year. So yeah. when you have the opportunity to be one of the good teams, why not go all in? And um, I think you'll see it happen a lot more now that we've opened this draft pick trading marketplace. Uh, it's interesting to me that no one else has has done it really other than Kyle because you've got Brandon who's down there at the bottom of the standings and doesn't seem to want to throw the towel in for the season yet. And maybe that's a good decision. Um, it's probably not, but who's to say, really? Um, yeah. The uh, what was I going to say? There was something else that I had that was sort of wrapped up in. Riley, do you well, have any? Yeah. As, as someone, Riley, as someone that isn't hasn't been included in any of these trades, do you have any thoughts, opinions, you know, initial reactions to what has gone on in the league this week? Uh, I, I wanted. To, I kind of wanted to let y'all cook for a minute there, Mason. I loved what you said. Um, I agree with you. Um, I think yeah, you were the first cowboy over the hill, and so, but you just you did you like you did what you needed to do because you are going all in on the season. I love that. Um, I think in general, I think I'm gonna miss. I miss out on a lot of trades in general just because usually I'm busy, and also people don't really shoot me trades like that. Uh, me and Josh will talk every now and then. We've I've made some. I made a trade with Julian. Um, I haven't really. Con- I have myself haven't considered doing this personally, um, just because I think I don't know. Like I don't like. Yeah, I don't like. First of all, let me just uh, say my general thoughts. We all voted to to do this, or the vote was in favor of doing this. I like it. I like. I like the fact that it's it. Um, it's a real power shift, but it's fair, and everybody knows about it. I love that. I like that it's capped at a certain amount every year. Um, what I don't like in a, in a, in just a way of like, I'm in this league and like, it's like, this is scary is like the thing, the thought of Kyle just like, like yeah. rubbing his oh, hands man. in that first round scares the shit out of me. Like he can yeah. do whatever he wants next it's year. Bad. Um, it's terrible. And so like, but, but the fact that Kyle can, can do that from this season, like he can do all that from this season is insane. And, way of like we need to change this i do want i like i want to see how it pans out um but yeah so i like i, I like it i'm sure people are going to keep doing it also josh um it's a good point you brought up like are, are other teams gonna throw in the towel at some point because there's a lot of teams with not great records that could really put themselves in a like, great position next year if they just sucked it up and were like i'm selling everybody yeah. i'm selling come get my players because to be better next year yeah um it, it- it's it's not a apparently like I'm willing. I think it was a DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Waddle trade. Yes, like, yeah. Like, like this is clearly player, not a yeah. fair trade for this season. But when you add in the keeper value, because it's like there's a lot of stuff in our league now that is hard to quantify. Yes. Where it's like, how do you how do you value a player that has you know six six years worth of keeper value that they would be (laughs) a value compared to the draft pick and it's like well you can't because it's like would would i trade justin jefferson for stefan diggs if it was only this year maybe but Diggs will cost a first round pick to keep 
Justin Jefferson's mm-hmm. going to be like a sixth and a fifth and a fourth and so on. So it's like there's no one to me that is as va- as valuable as Justin Jefferson in the league right now. So like there's no way I can ever trade him because like yeah, the keeper value all. that's baked in is more valuable maybe even than his production this year. Um, so there's a lot in this league now that people have to be aware of. Um, Riley, as you know, for some people, it is harder to keep track of than others. Um, and I think as we continue to change these rules a little bit, it's going to benefit the people that pay more attention versus the people who are um, maybe just trying to set their lineup every Sunday and even then not always doing so successfully forever. Um, <laughs> but um, I do think every year yeah. this league moves in the right direction. What you got? I want to I, I wanna commend real quick before, Mason, you go. Um, I want to commend Kyle, though, on two years of innovation. Like, Kyle has changed the league twice, um, and he did it, like, on paper – uh, with, with the rules, he kind of like whipped around some votes. But then last year and this year, he kind of thought outside the box and made it like made the league work for him. So good on that. Also, yeah, you said it, you said it earlier. We, I said first cowboy of the hill, but like you were also a part of that. That like I guess or just you or Josh, y'all were. This is that's a that's a big day in league history right there. You know what I'm saying? That that day y'all uh, started trading those picks. So yeah, go on, Mason. No, yeah, I was gonna say it's just it's it's gonna be a staple year for sure. Um, I don't think any rule is going to come out most most of the time as perfect. This is going to get, um, I don't know, I'm not I'm not the smartest one. Amended, it's going to get changed <laughs> within the next draft. I can guarantee it. Um, being a part of the trade, I can already tell you, I would love to trade or to change something about it. I just don't see. And, I, like Josh said, I think there's just there's some downsides to it that really could be detrimental to some players and some members of the league. Um, and there's got to be a way to make it, you know, somewhat better, which we can discuss um, at the draft. But um, with that being said, though, I don't know, you know, at the same time, I don't know how many people are willing to. I think it'll be kind of the same people year in and year out that will make the kind of trades you know, that were made this week. You know, I don't see Brandon or Roush ever doing something like that. Um, I mean, clearly, like, you know, you guys said, Brandon's one of six. He hasn't traded away uh, anybody on his team for uh, any type of picks. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a staple. It was a staple week, and it's going to be – Interesting to see how it pays off because, um, you know, what happens, basically what happens to me is what I feel like is going to reflect a lot of people's feelings, right? Do I win the championship and people see it and go, okay, it works? Or do I not even make the playoffs and people go, that's exactly why I will never do that? Yeah. The outcome of my season is going to be very instrumental in how other people look at this type of rule. And yeah. I think that's what I like. That's what's so fun to me. Like I said, it's something you have to you have to look at in the eyes and realize what you're doing. Um, because you know, I could not make the playoffs. Stephon Diggs would get hurt. Someone, you know, and 
you, that's the fun thing about fantasy football is you just you never know, exactly. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the that's the outlier here, and it's just it's we're gonna have to see. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you went on that sort of you know line of inquiry that you did because it brought up what I was trying to remember. I meant to meant to bring up earlier. Um. Because I, I was reading this article about fantasy football. Have you guys – I know Riley has. Mason, did you watch the Loki show at all? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Okay. So what What this this person that wrote this article I was reading basically sort of, uh, you know, compared fantasy football to, you know, that universe where it's a, it's a series of nexus events that happen over mm. and over again that span off one another – and it's like, how can you be the first to react to all these Nexus events and um, and and capitalize on that in that manner? So it's like, yeah, you like like, for example, really quickly, for those of you that may not have watched the Loki show, a Nexus event is just like a, a branch in the timeline that wasn't necessarily expected that needs to be uh, right. ended. Right. But it's, it's, a like, big, it's a big change. Yeah. yeah. So like, for example, I'll talk about Kenneth Walker for a little while. So Kenneth Walker, really good running back coming out of Michigan State, gets drafted by the Seahawks. You look at the Seahawks coming into the season, you know, they trade away Russell Wilson. Geno Smith or Drew Locke is going to be their starting quarterback. They still have Rashad Penny. So you're like, what is the path to fantasy relevance for Kenneth Walker? Well, it's two things, really. It's the offense is better than we think it's going to be because everybody thought the Seahawks were going to stuck. And they're pretty good. but. The other thing is, Rashad Penny kind of has to get hurt, which has happened to him which, in the past. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, these, like, of the two things, more unlikely is that the Seahawks are going to be any good. Well, it turns out we have two branches off of the main, quote-unquote, you know, thought process timeline that most people are thinking of, and the two branches are, well, the Seahawks end up being good, and off this branch of the Seahawks being good, Rashad Penny gets hurt. So it's like, mm. that is the path to relevancy where, you know, you have these two events that branch off one another. And I think when you look at the league now, it is trying to take advantage of these nexus events where, you know, we change the rules. You can trade for draft picks now. What's the first nexus event? Well, someone decides that they're willing to, you know, give up on this season in order to acquire draft capital for next season. Well, what's yeah. the next event? You know, what is the next thing that comes after this, where now that we're in this timeline where we have decided draft picks are able to be traded, what's the next sort of step logically in this where it's like, is it, you know, going all in on a season is the best decision, like Mason was talking about, or is it acquiring draft capital is a better decision? Or does it just depend on your individual situation? I think this is going to be really, really interesting um, as far as what what we see happen. But I don't think people – I think people will like, – like Mason said, I, I think people may read a little too much into like one year's worth of results where it's like, oh, Mason, you know, bought into this year and didn't get the results he wanted. You know, Julian won, and he didn't trade any picks, blah, 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 blah. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, that may be the case, but you can't necessarily use that as justification for not doing it in the future. Like, I had texted Jack individually about this a couple days ago after in the aftermath of the trades, and it was like, you know, it may be the case that Mason makes the trades and loses, but that doesn't necessarily make it the the wrong decision. Um, yeah. There, there's, yeah. There's a lot that goes into these decisions, and there's a lot of luck in fantasy football, obviously, and mm-hmm. it's like it takes a lot more data to figure out what the right decision versus the wrong decision is than one season, and I think that traditionally – uh, managers that find themselves in the playoffs more often, like me or Jack or Julian, will almost always be willing to make that trade to, you know, give away some draft picks in the next season to acquire players in the current season. And part of that is because I know that at least me, I can live without a first round pick. Like, Basically, I just have to get inside my own head and say, oh, no, your first-round pick towards ACL and in training camp or something. You know? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not a – to begin with, now, you may be slightly more fragile and more susceptible to if your second-round pick gets hurt, like, actually gets hurt, then you might just be screwed. I don't know. Like, we, we, we don't have a precedent for this. But I think yeah. it'll be fine. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be at least in the next year, at the end of next season, before we really can make, I think, a, a better educated um, decision, right? Because like we said, Kyle gets five picks in the first two rounds on top of a keeper. Like, yeah. he's going to come out with stupid, stupid debt. But, yeah. you know, if I don't win the championship this year, okay, well, Mason sold and it didn't pay off. Kyle sold his season as well, didn't pay off for him if he doesn't wait the playoffs to win the championship. So I think it's a rule yeah. that will stay in and should stay in, and people can just use it as they see fit. I think it'll end up benefiting the league for sure. Yeah. Like, you see you see every year when we make a rule change, like big or small, when we go to half PPR from standard or when we go to full PPR from half PPR, the teams that are willing to sort of make that, like, initial jump where it's like, yeah, oh, my gosh, we're – we're playing full PPR now. I don't need to start three running backs. I can start, you know, three wide receivers. Like, a, my flex is going to be a wide receiver that catches a bunch of passes now. Or I'm going, like, I'm going to draft, you know, running back catches a lot of passes over Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry doesn't catch very many passes. So it's like yeah. teams that are willing to at least make the risk to adapt with the times, I think are generally more well off. Like you look at the teams that I would consider more conservative and Mason already called them out. So I'm not going to feel bad about calling them out. But like (laughs) Roush Roush and Brandon, where it's like these teams try seem to try to do the same thing every year, regardless of how the rules change. Well, they're the two teams that have not won two. They are two of the teams that have not won a championship in the modern era. Mm. And, um, Maybe that's why. I don't know. They've been in the league for a very long time, both of them, the whole time, and neither of them have won. One of them. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely a lot of fun. I think you can 
like sort of game theory your way into convincing yourself either one of them is the better decision. But I think it's also like this fantasy football thing, it's meant to be fun. Yeah. If you want to have fun this year by saying, yeah, I mean, I'll trade away my first round pick and I'll like, I'll figure it out in August of next year. uh, I think that's fine. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think we need to necessarily do a ton of worrying about competition until we realize that there's actually a problem. Because um, it's like, I feel like a lot of people might say, oh my gosh, this isn't what I expected to happen. When it's like, well, why did you vote to approve draft pick trading then? Like, what what did you expect to happen? But yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. But we can get into this week's picks now if people right. are interested. So, yeah, let's, let's hit it. Um, I apologize. I feel like that was a lot of monologuing, but um, yeah, it was a long, no, that was no, no, a long we, conversation, we, but it was necessary. Yeah, we sat on it, but we needed to. Yeah, like I was. I hope was everybody big. knows. I hope everybody knows that I probably more than anyone am invested in this league and and want to see its competitive nature exist, like for as long as it literally can, like as long as we're all alive. I guess I would say. Yeah. Uh, and so I wouldn't say like, oh my gosh, we need to change these rules just so they can benefit me or benefit like some random person. Like I want to win more than anybody else wants to win. Like I, I, I don't know. I want to win. Anybody else. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple <laughs> to me, but it's, it's also like. Game to lose. Yes. Same. Like I, I value the uh, year in year out competition in the league. And so I'm like, I'm I. I don't want there to become like a league lower class and league, up, league upper class. Um, so I think giving teams the opportunity that might not be as competitive every year, Roush and Brandon, giving them the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to do like a full-on reset. And yeah. I'm going to take a year. I'm not going to try very hard at fantasy. I'm going to set a lineup every week, but it's, you know, it's clearly not going to be as good as the it's other lineups. Here. But I'm going to set myself up best as I can for next year and go all in next year. I don't think that's wrong because teams in the NFL do it and teams in the NBA do it. Yeah. It's, I do want to just... say, um, I think you mentioned the idea of a league upper class and lower class. I do believe that that can exist like already. Like, but let's say like uh, pick trading isn't a thing. I think that can exist in the in, because of the way our keeper value work, keeper values work. Like those are those are values that can never change. They were based on a draft yeah. that's so long ago now. Originally, yeah. how is here's the thing though, you can you can trade yourself into old money like Kyle did this right. Year. Right, so it's not that, like it's that, un, like unattainable. Yeah, I think that's sort of the point. Is I don't want to necessarily like I I guess my point is this that. It felt like in the previous rules, Justin Jefferson was untradeable because not only are you getting Justin Jefferson the player, but you're getting that player at a cost value for five or six years. Whereas now with the current rules, well, maybe I decide to trade him. If someone wants to give me their first, second, and third round picks next year, maybe I decide, you know, like, (laughs) I, I wouldn't, but I think, 
like as we change these rules more and more, we like Riley said, we just need to make sure the rules aren't like reinforcing because like obviously there is to some extent a league upper class and lower class. Like there are some right. of us that are in the playoffs every year and some of us that aren't. But I don't want that to be like codified by the rules where it's like if you suck, you're going to continue to suck forever. I want there to be an opportunity outside of getting lucky and drafting a rookie when he's really good, or getting lucky and getting the first pick however we decide to pick picks. Yeah. I want there to be a way for you to say, you know what, I'm taking agency over my team and I want to improve next year, but I'm willing to be bad this year. I like basically I'm willing to pay forty dollars or a hundred dollars into the pot this year and and attempt to be good next year. Yeah. So all right, let's let's get into these picks like we said we were going to. All that being said, this is gonna be fun. I think it'll be okay. I understand everybody's concern, and um, I'm willing to look at it in the off season. If people are really concerned about it, we we can make a change to it. But I think it'll be okay. So, week eight picks. The first game I'm looking at right now: Riley versus Kendall. Mm. Yep. This is an interesting game because Kendall, I felt like we hit sort of left for dead. Where it's like we we thought he was done for, cooked, not going to do anything. You know, I have been bullish on Riley as a team for a very long time. He was he was the the first number one in my power rankings. But Riley's missing a couple important players this week. Oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes on by. Christian McCaffrey yeah. still getting adjusted to his new home. Austin Eckler on by. So, I'm picking Kendall. That's how I feel. Uh, yeah, I, like, I thought this is this. I, I, we're talking about hard games, easy games to pick. I think, I mean, like, and this is not a reverse change. I will pick against myself. I'll pick myself and lock myself. Um, it's Kendall. Jonathan Taylor's back. I don't have my team the way it was. It was drafted. Jimmy Garoppolo is in my starting quarterback position. Um. Yeah, it's just like it, it, this is not my team as I want it to be. Uh, I think we can still – I think we'll put up more points than we're projected. But uh, Kendall's team, as I've been saying, it's scary. It's a scary team to play against. His, his record has not been great, and his team hasn't even performed up to the level of the names on the roster. But he has a good roster, and I think they're going to outperform me this week. It'd be worth locking up Kendall, but I'm not going to. But Kendall will beat me. Okay. Understood. Monzo. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, Kendall caught fire um, the past couple of weeks. He's put up good points. It was like 122, 135. Um, Tyreek Hill is one of those players um, that you can, you know, you just start and you don't worry about. Um, Joe Burrow, he's got the studs. He's starting them. That's what it comes down to. Riley's studs are missing. Um, yeah, I'm going with Kendall. All right, all right. Next game. So we're all on Kindle. Next game. And and nobody has locked up Kindle. Next game. Julian versus Kyle. Mm. So obviously, like, so I was doing a lot of, like, um, I think I had talked about it on a previous podcast where it was like I have, I have a, 
or maybe I just texted it where it's like, it was when I spent the time to come up with all this like previous championship team nonsense where it was like the, the players that were on every championship roster, which players have been on the most championship rosters, that kind of stuff. I had looked at like what what percentage of team uh, what percentage of a team's players scored greater than fifteen points for for every week, and I was comparing that to teams that have won the championship in the past to see like is there some like predictive threshold where it's like oh yeah you need forty percent of your players to score over fifteen you know in the first eight weeks of the season and that that's what makes a championship team forty percent of their players score. Well, I feel like I have to throw all that out the window now because the teams don't look anything like they do, like they did for the first eight weeks, like it's or seven weeks. It's different now, and no game speaks to that more than Julian versus Kyle. Yeah, Julian was able to make some trades, and Kyle has uh, decided to, you know, move on and look to next season. So I'm picking Julian. I mean, I think that's easy. <clears throat> Kyle's team, like I. I, I know I can rely on Kyle to always set a lineup and set the best lineup he can. It's just he doesn't have the horses anymore. And it is yeah, what he used to have some serious horses. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. I know you've picked, you've picked Julian. Do we want to put a, a moratorium on locking up Kyle for the rest of the season or locking up people against Kyle? Um, I, I don't know. I have a heart like, like, your performance in locks, you are four and three. I am two and five. My well, lock, like my, my picking of locks has been very, very bad this year. And I'm not saying Kyle won't win any other, any, any other games. I'm not saying he's going for that. What I'm saying is teams might suck and fantasy is weird. So he could still win a game. I'm saying so, don't want to. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to that it's an NFL podcast, and they will do locks um, for like NFL matchups. And the, the only sort of test they have for their locks is can you look yourself in the mirror and, and, and still feel comfortable with yourself after locking up a team? Where it's like, do you feel okay locking up the, you know, I don't know, in the past, maybe like the Patriots against the Jets? No, you don't. Because it's like, that's not fair. That, it, it, right. There's nothing on the line there. So, I mean, if you if you can look into your own eyes in the mirror and be comfortable with you locking that up as a man. As I'm a man. okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So, uh, so who are you picking? Who are you picking? Well, I'm picking Julian. And it's going to be hard for me to pick against Kyle or uh, pick. It's going to be hard for me not to pick against Kyle this season. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I pondered the idea of locking him up. That's why I asked you. Um, because I'm just, here's the thing. There's an alternate world where we're doing this podcast. I'm the one that's a little bit tipsy and you as the, as the staunch competitor that you are, you just lock up the person that's playing Kyle every week because you want to get your, your lead back up in the locks. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, in, in, in theory, it's possible. It's just, but yeah, so I will avoid doing that. I'm picking Julian. Um, I'm locking up Kendall now. I will say that I'm locking up Kendall. Oh, okay. So, okay. so Kendall has become your lock. All right. Yeah. Well, Mason, who you got in this game, Julian versus Kyle? So, after, I mean, like we said, fantasy's funny, man. Fantasy's crazy, right? Julian projected 147 last week. Just a stupid number, right? Infuriating yes. number to look at that lineup and see it. What does he go out and do? Doesn't even break 100. 
he gets smacked around by and and it's just one of those things looking at Kyle's team and it's like he doesn't have studs, but he's got people that can perform. You know, Gino's playing good. Pollard can have that game if Zeke's not playing well. You have yeah. Waddle and Ayuk. Do I think Kyle has enough gas in this team to beat Julian? No. But it is funny that it even makes me second guess it and being like, damn, yep. I don't know. Should I should yeah. I say Kyle? You know, I mean, yeah. who knows? But with after all that being said, I'm going to go with Julian. Um, I think a healthy Swift at a flex spot is crazy. Um, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown is crazy. And, you know, Lamar and Barkley. Barkley's having an incredible season. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go have to go with Julian. Yeah, I like that you, you brought that up because – uh, or the part, the part about those teams sort of being scrappy, because when I look at like, like even when there are times where I feel like my team should be favored by a lot, even more than like the projections point out, there are certain like undercurrents, and it feels like it goes on every matchup where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm playing against a team that has this backup running back, and it just so happens that the starter for that team is you know a little banged up. Like, of course, it would, like, go against me that the starter would be injured the week I play against the team that has his backup, you know? Right, yeah. like that. And that's the thing. You already sort of have that sort of those murmurs going on with Zeke might not play this week. Tony Pollard might get the start all to himself. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, already it feels like there's, like, a momentum thing in Kyle's favor so it makes me a little nervous picking Julian, also because he has underperformed to the extent that he has in the past two weeks. But we're all on Julian. Yeah. And I think that, that speaks more to just sort of our let's wait and see and look at Kyle, see if he can put together a good lineup, more than it does our faith in Julian. At least that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. Next matchup, Trevor versus Brandon. This is a weird one. Close game. So we sort of ruled, like at least you know, all of us sort of ruled Trevor out last week because it was like, oh, he doesn't have Cooper Cup. How is he going to win? He traded like he traded away Lamar Jackson, and he traded for Jalen Hurts, who was also on. So it's like he's starting a backup quarterback and a backup wide receiver, and then he goes out and scores 140 points. Trevor is one of those teams. I have said it from the get-go. He's going to be pesky every week, and he's going to be very, very hard to predict. Brandon, yeah. I have said from the get-go, he sucks. I pick him <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> you buried the lead there. I thought for a second, I thought you were going to oh, do yeah. some nuance. But you are no. just telling the truth. You've always said Brandon's yeah. team sucked. And here's the thing. I'm just, I, think in, I think in years past, I think you've kind of willed Brandon into sucking this year because Brandon's team has done better than this in the past, but you really just stood on your corner and you've made it, you've bent him to your will. Um, yeah, Brandon, I'm sorry, man. I just want you to know that I didn't think my predictive power was this strong, but like I, it was, it was mostly a meme at the beginning and you just continue to lose against all odds. Yeah. You, Beef and Phil Collins have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. um, I'm taking Trevor. There's not much to say. Okay. Glad we're all on the same page. Or glad at least you and I are on the same page. We'll see if maybe mm. there was. Uh, 
Yeah, Trevor by far. I think Cooper <laughs> Cup and Jalen both. And that and that's nothing to, against Brandon. I, I would probably – I would maybe pick Trevor over a lot of people this week. I think the Jalen Hurts and the Cooper Cup um, are just yeah. – they're the game – they're the X factors. Uh, Trevor, hit yeah. me up if, if I can get Jalen back from you. I really want him back. I shouldn't have traded him. I regret it. Okay, hit me up. We can work something out. I still got a third down available. Let me know. There you go. Um, with that being said, Average Joe's takes it. Beefy Boys fall to one and seven. Tragic. Tra- you got to think at one and seven, Brandon has to know he's eliminated. Well, guys, like, real Brandon- quick, oh, I was thinking about this. I, can- I-, I hate losing a fantasy game, right? Basically ruins my day. Bro, yeah. losing six? Losing the game to Julian like he did? Oh, my gosh, Brandon. I don't know how you do yeah. it. I'd be no, depressed, I'd be depressed bad. The the app would have been off my phone like week three if I was Brandon. <laughs> oh like, man, it, it would have been gone. I would have like either like there. I think ESPN now has like an autopilot feature where it's just like you tell them like I don't want to pay any attention anymore. Set my lineup for me. That's that awesome. would have been turned on. And yeah, I would have been <laughs> checked out on fantasy football for very long. Yeah. Golly. Next game. Uh, Mason versus Ralph. So this, oh, this I think, uh, you know, you look at Roush's team, and I was a Roush hater to begin the year. And then Roush had a very good start to the year, and then he sucked, and then he was good again. So I don't know how to feel about it. The only thing I know is, is he had Brees Hall, who was a very, very good football player and was going to be very, very good for fantasy, who is now hurt. And I don't know if he can come back from that. He might be able to because Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, and Travis Kelsey are very good, but he doesn't have Travis Kelsey this week. So for all those reasons, I'm picking Mason. Um, I would just say, I don't know. Oh, God. It's going to be like I would in the, in the same vein of me not picking against Kyle – me picking against Mason is going to be hard against a lot of people. Um, we literally said last week, oh, Mason's going to – his team is going to be getting into rhythm. And he he won without getting into rhythm. And, yep. I mean, he, they might, he might have to get into rhythm again because, like, I mean, playing with superstars is not always easy. So It's a different, yeah. it's a different rhythm, you know? Yeah, it's, so it's, he's going to have it's to be no longer fantasy football. It's not X's and O's now. It's Jimmy's and Joe's. He's yeah, gotta to, he's, he's going to have to deal with egos, um, which is – but I think Mason can do that. I think Mason is like a – he's a real, like, man manager, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So Mason's going to be fine. I think this is going to be – this is literally going to be Mason, like, uh, like testing his powers. This is going to be Tobey Maguire on the roof messing with mm. his hands. And it, like – but it's like – like, Roush is not even a factor. Yeah. It, this, is, this, is, this is, like, a clear lock – area yeah i'm not against it up it's it's there's a lot there no weapon formed against mason shall prosper this week is what you're saying none of them oh boy mason what what do you have to say about your own your own lot to say man it's like i love talking about my my own team i love i talk to myself about fantasy football all the time a couple big points tyler murray just got d hot back josh allen Mm -hmm. is throwing to my stefan diggs um, mm. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Oh my god! 
when I look at his team, <laughs> I'm I I'm scared of I'm not even scared of because I got dogs that also like to eat. But Jamar Chase, at least this week, Jamar Chase and Josh Allen. That's it. Leonard yeah, Fournette, yeah, yeah. nothing. Melvin Gordon, really? The Broncos? Okay, let's ride off into a fucking L. Um, Tyler Lockett, no. I mean, I don't even see any like, oh, these players could 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 boom. The two players that could boom are yeah. the two that I named. Maybe yeah, Fournette yeah. as well. So when we're looking yeah, at pure matchups, uh, no, I don't expect Josh Jacobs to average 32 points the rest of the season, but – at least this week, when we're just looking at pure matchups, depth, like I said, Murray getting D-Hop back. I haven't broken 140 yet this entire season. I'm That's calling myself a lock. I'm calling myself breaking 150, and I'm yep. calling uh, and a dub. I, I, I'm I love putting it. it out there in the world. Okay, Mason, let me, ask you that. let me ask you this. Have you seen the schedule of when your team, team plays? I know it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, that was the last thing. Oh, wait, of my upcoming weeks? The, this like I'm talking about of the, of the times that your players are going to be playing this oh, week. Oh no, I have not. Everyone 12, on your 12, team 12, plays 12, at twelve. Seven, save except Diggs. Oh, boys! So I, it's going to be it's going to like yeah. it's going to be so much fun watching this on Sunday. Like watching Mason's team just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Mason. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. before before you started going in, your team makes our league look dumb. Your team makes our our league look like how is how did this person get this team? Are you guys idiots? Bro, <laughs> there's been a couple times I looked at my team this week and I'm like, honestly, like it feels like I I did it feels like I I committed collusion. No, yes. like it, like I'm like it doesn't feel like I deserve this team because I bought literally. But at the same time, allowed, it's like you got do what you got to do. Yeah, it does. AJ it Brown, Stephon Diggs as a wide receiver one and two. Dalvin Cook as an yeah. Alvin Kamara as a running back one and two, and Kyler Murray. You shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, it does. It does feel in the same vein as like I, you know, I bought these players. It's just I used yeah. approved approved league currency, which is drastic. Yeah, yeah. like like because it like it felt weird where it's like the players have arrived on my team and I didn't give any players away. It's just my team got better. It did not get worse at all this year. Yeah, Mason uh, added on VC with. <laughs> on, with the first <laughs> on the Xbox, and now it's too yep. little. It's crazy, but this is. It's, yeah. But I love the fact that your team looks makes our league look down. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, I was just gonna say I don't know if we'll get into it. Uh, it's a really important week for me. Uh, and the next three weeks are really important. Probably the most important weeks of my season. Um, unless I make the playoffs, because looking at my next three weeks, I got Roush, Riley, Trevor. Mm, those are I can really afford to lose is is Riley because he's already a game ahead, but I need yeah. these other wins. So it's, it's time yeah. for me to nut up or shut up with, with the decisions I've made. And I think we got it. I think we're, we're going to do it. Yeah. I hope you do. Got you picked. All right. Last game, last game, final Josh versus Jack. No, I picked mm. against myself three weeks in a row, I think. Two weeks in a row? Three weeks in a row? The problem is I just keep winning. Mm. Like, I lost to Kyle, sort of as an olive branch, to try to keep him in the lead, trying to Oh, nice, nice. Um, you know, trying <laughs> to do my part as a league member. But then he had to go and lose the week after. Julian makes his trade to acquire DeAndre Swift and whomever else. He's the new hotness in the league. What does he do? Shows up to 
against me? Lays a big fat egg. Under 100 again. Jesus. What am I to do except continue to win? Mm. I wish things were different. I wish this league would have something capable of beating me in the regular season. Mm. And for that reason, I'm picking Jack and I'm locking him up. Thank you. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this. I want to say this. You should not be able to look yourself in the mirror. I know you don't. You don't see anything in the mirror. Wherever you look in it, but you should be able to look yourself in the mirror uh, when you make that lock. I'm just gonna say that out loud. That's not. That's not a. Like that's not a genuine lock. That's a lock mm-hmm. out of uh, out of spite and out of mischief. But that's fine. I texted Jack um, and I asked Jack. I asked Jack if he wanted to make a, you know, side wager on our game, and he said that he could not afford to because his pride is already on the line. So <laughs> I don't know. Put his pride on. The line. I think he volunteered it himself, but I just want everyone to know that, um, you know, Jack has put his pride on the line in this game, and um, that is why I am locking him up because Jack is a prideful person. That'll be a, a, a prideless yeah. Jack is an interesting prospect. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a pride a, a, a pride hound. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I want I want to see him. I want to see a, a free selfless Jack. I I just want like yeah, kind of to a lesser extent, just because of the quarterback situation this week specifically. Um, I don't like the way your team looks. I think it looks gaudy. I think it looks gross. I think you got you got rims on an Escalade that's lifted. You know. Um, and, and those rims, whenever the car stops, they don't stop. I think it's I think it's too much. I think it's two thousands. I think it's it's got my ride. Your your team. Um, so I think you're going to win, but at what cost? And I guess we know what cost this is a first round pick. Yep, that's all it costs. Just one first round pick. Yep. Um, I'm also going to go with Josh. Looking at the at your team, I don't know how you're six and one. Um, as no, no shade. I don't know. I, I, you know what? It probably is because I, of my team, and I just look at it's recent recency bias, and I just look and I see a bunch of studs. But like besides, besides your four dudes, and I guess if you got Justin Herbert back, Henry Chubb, Jefferson, and uh, Kenneth Walker, I don't like the rest of your team at all. Kirk does nothing for me. Goddard does nothing for me. Cam Sutton or Cortland Sutton, I love, but I don't like Russ. But with with that being said, you know the players I like even less. Fucking Jacks. That's the play. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jacks. Um, I kind of am in the same boat as Kyle. I think it was that. I think there was one year Jack had Brandon Cooks and he was steady dropping forty points and just stupid shit. Um, I lucked out with Mark Andrews dropping half a point on me. Um, yeah. I think I'll have a good bank game back, but um, yeah. The, nonetheless, the studs. I I'm gonna go ahead and just go with Josh and seal him up with the dub. Yeah, you look at Jack's team, and it's really like if you can just sort of avoid nuclear games from like Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and like I guess Gabe Davis, where it's like he had like. Fit, Adam's <laughs> stupid games where they had a total of six catches but had like four touchdowns between them. It's like if yeah. you can avoid those, you're probably okay against Jack. I don't know what'll happen. People keep sleeping on Christian Kirk. I don't know what the man has to do to get some respect around here. But like 
He's wide yeah, receiver ten. Buddy. On Holy the shit, he's ten. Like I, I, I don't know what he has to do. I mean, he had two bad games, one of which was in a freaking monsoon, and the other one, like Trevor Lawrence's head fell off. But like other than that, like the dude just catches a bunch of passes every week for a decent number of yards. Like he's just the perfect PPR wide receiver too. Where I stick him in there, I don't have to look at his score. Because I don't care how the Jaguars are doing. They have to throw the ball to Christian Kirk to win games. So, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah. So, our picks are all in. Put them on the website. Mason, same, no? What'd you say? Are we we all unanimous or what? It seems like that. Uh, We all had Kendall. We all had Julian. We all had Trevor. We all had Mason. And then. Mason, Mason, I have one final question for you. Yes, sir. I got, I got a couple. Oh yeah. Well, I have a final question. A question. What's, what's the move on the draft? What's the deal? Um, oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, cause I, I, it got brought up in that one podcast and I mentioned in the text. Um, I know we've decided on a cabin trip. Um, it's going to mm-hmm. be super fun. Um, like I said, I think we'll, we'll do whitewater rafting, uh, sort of a potential death bonding experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it'll kind of oh, yeah. kind of bond us, give us a stronger bond. Um, hit the draft at the cabin. I'm thinking I'm probably just going to give myself the, uh, the right to do it. Um, I was thinking we – at least for this year's draft or every year we continue to do a destination draft. We get rid of the shit out of the hat. There's just so many different ways we can do a different draft. I love the combine, right? The flip cup with the sprint <laughs> and a shotgun. Like I love it. Cause we we're all, we're just a bunch of dudes. Right. So like, Oh, I don't, I'm not good at flip cup. I don't know. Like I'm not fast. Okay. Well shotgun a beer fast and fucking beat someone in a sprint. Yeah, um, true. Yeah. So it, I'll come up with some ideas. We can vote on them, but I will say I don't think we should just do a traditional let's pick a name out of a hat while we're in the mountains having a bunch of fun, right? We can do the a 40-yard – something as simple as a 40-yard dash would be awesome to just see people to do that, right? Because you have Josh, really, and that's it. Kyle's out of shape. He's even got some legs on I, him. Okay, I do, I do want to object to this real quick, but not to your greater point. I, I like the idea of a hop, skip, and a jump. But if it's yeah, just no, a 40 I, yard dash, I'm, I'm, I think, I'm really against <laughs> that. Yeah, I think you And here's do, the thing I'm not in terrible yeah. shape right now. Like, I'm ter- for me, that that is. But even me, there's a list of people, people in front of me. Yeah. yeah. You have to, I, I like the idea. And it's something I've been pushing for for a while. Like, we did that stupid. 100-yard dash, like, website video thing this year. Because I was just like, yeah, do something different than drawing names out of a hat. Like, we could we could put little fake boats in the white in, in the whitewater uh, rapids and see who's, you know, gets to the finish line first. You have to introduce some randomness, you know? If we yeah. bought, like, fake, fake boats or bought, like, 10 RC boats and had an RC boat race or something stupid yeah. like that, where it's like, you know, or or added that to like like Riley was saying and like you were saying, add it to a a leg of the competition. Where it's like, yes, exactly. Because it's like you know, you competition. Are very very good at shotgunning beer. Very good at running forty yard dashes. So like, let's have those two, and then have one where it's like 
none of us stand out one way or the other. It's completely yeah. random. Right. So. Like, let's have one where we're like, we're on a truck and we're, we're stacking cardboard boxes, you know, something yeah. random, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Something completely random. Yeah. But yeah. I like it, Mason. I like the way, I like it. I like to hear it. Uh, but okay. yeah, so the draft, the draft is still, I mean, we've already decided on like what type of trip and the activity. Uh, I just got to hash out some final details of, you know, once it gets a little closer, what cabin, um, and then where, really it's what just dates, all that, what dates, which we have the dates decided, but, um, how everybody will get there. I know in my head, um, if everybody could just get to Norman, we could take two cars. I'll volunteer my car. We could all squeeze in. It would be a fun road trip. Um, I think, and I thought it was like I said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or something like that. Um, and yeah, yeah. The yeah, thing is, it is, shouldn't be much either per person. Yeah. So, I mean, however you want to do it, if you want to split it with me as far as like just booking costs and then we can both uh -huh. wrangle up money separately, I'd be fine with that just so it's not like you have to drop a thousand bucks or whatever. Like it's. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you want to do that, that's fine. Um, and then also just making sure that people recognize that it's like, we just want one weekend a year. We don't even really ask for the Super Bowl anymore. Just if you're around, come to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Just make this weekend happen. Make it one of your, like your one vacation weekend. Other than like a family vacation or whatever that you attend. Um, and it's, so, and it's, just, it's just a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all we like you can leave on Sunday. Like all we ask is, you know, get there on Friday. We'll spend all day Saturday, Friday night, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning together. And then the deed will be yeah. done, and you can get back to your life without us. For those of you that are interested in that type of thing, but um, but yeah, I think we could probably try to get this knocked out earlier rather than later because like as everybody knows and as i've experienced trying to plan a freaking draft like a month away is like terrible Hell. it sucked yeah i would not be fine. um and nobody ends up happy with it because it's like we should have done this and it's like well yeah we should have but none of you responded until freaking july <laughs> 15th yeah um so yeah i i hopefully there's enough interest from everybody that it's like let's and obviously, we're raising the buy-in this year, so like, may as well go nuts for our next draft. Hundred-dollar buy-in, yeah, practically rich. All right. Well, I think that was a successful podcast. It's, was that uh, Mason, you had, Riley? Mason, I gotta ask you: play on your team that you love right now. Play on the team that you hate right now, excluding your new additions. Excluding new additions. Okay, yeah, so, they have to have a game yeah. for you Wait, down at least. So, player that I love. One million percent, AJ Brown. Yeah, it was it, he. He was one of those players when I scooped him in the third. It wasn't even a question, and I feel like I drafted him the year before when he was at Tennessee, and I traded him. I also, yeah, you I traded him to him, me. I think yeah. I forgot he got traded to Philadelphia, and but I he's just one of those players. He's the name just stands out. He's got the crazy build physically, um, and. Yeah, everything about him I was just drawn to. Um, I'll give you two, though, real quick. I'll give you a rookie as well. Sure. Chris Olave, right? Mm. Didn't even expect him to be uh, just a uh, set-it-and-forget-it type of flex player, but he has been for me. 
He was exactly who I wanted Pickens to be. And I think Pickens by end of season will be that dude. But right now, Chris Olave is my my rookie. Um, Player that I hate, and it's not the player, it's the damn offense, and it's that damn offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, but it's Deontay Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think think there's another option, honestly. Um, You know what? Before I traded him away, it was – Kyle Pitts, oh, man, don't even, oh, don't even. But um, he lost, quite literally lost me again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Dante Johnson, the skill's there. He still is dropping balls for whatever reason, but he's just on a god-awful offense, and yeah. he's just he's just not going to finish with what he, you know, what his ADP was at the beginning of the year, and that hurts because I like having a stealer in my lineup. Well, yeah. he's, been, he's been getting targets. It's just he hasn't scored a second. Yeah, volume is there. That's the way it goes, yeah. Yeah. But the touchdowns with that offense are not there, and the same uh, thing with Najee Harris. Really, like the whole yeah, offense, like the whole offense. Besides touching Moose. the ball, a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, literally. And Moose yeah, got eight of my fifteen yeah. points last week in the final drive, and so did Johnson. Johnson got like over fifty percent of his. <laughs> I was so happy of his points in the final drive last week. But um, yeah, that overall. Hell yeah! All right. Well. Uh, this was a great podcast. I love the yeah. remote nature of the podcast. I hope it sounds good. If it doesn't, I apologize. I don't, I don't care. care if it could. Listen to it. Again, I'm still intoxicated a little bit. I have to shower. It's currently 10 o'clock. Uh, my flight leaves at 7 a.m. tomorrow. So I've got, a, got some. Dude, so I booked an Uber tomorrow morning at like 5 so I can get to the airport ahead of time just in case. Like, I've never been to this Madison airport before. I don't think it'll be busy, but, like, I scheduled an Uber, right? You know, like, the person that's driving me, their name is Agra. Like, the freaking Pokemon. Is that not, like... (laughs) Abra. Interesting. No, uh, Agron. A-G-R-O-N. Agron, okay. Yeah, Agron, you know, Generation 3, Agron, Evolution of Laron, which is the evolution of Aeron. Steel rock tape. Okay. You, you could catch it catch it right before the second gym in um, whatever that town was, the one that was on the beach. You're losing a population of our of our listeners, but I, I'm with you. Yeah, Agron, A-G-R-O-N, is picking me up tomorrow morning at 4.45 a.m. So if I die tomorrow, please have someone investigate Agron in Madison, Wisconsin. It was probably <laughs> them. Uh-huh. But otherwise, I think that's us signing off. This is our, uh, I think, our longest podcast this year. And I think it was necessary because we had a lot to talk about. Definitely. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you, Mason, for being such a gracious guest. Goodbye. Appreciate it. This has been an episode of The Crew Review. Thanks for listening.